listening to America's Web Radio. Today in studio with me, I have Michael Daly and David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center. Welcome. Thank you. Glad you're here. Glad we all made it. It was a mad rush today to the studio, unfortunately. Um, But I think that's in keeping with our topic for the day, which is how to prepare for the holidays and how to have a safe, sane, sober holiday season. With all of the craziness that we face every day, it's easy to get your priorities a little bit off, and it's certainly easy to get your schedule and other things that are really important to maintain your sanity for all of us, but also particularly important for people that are in recovery. So we're going to address some of those things today. I think it's a great topic. And that's going to be one that um, that we're going to look at from several different angles. But um, I think the first one that I'd like to throw out there has to do with setting expectations. And that's, um, that's a big one. A lot of us have this Norman Rockwell Christmas idea that everything should be perfect and everything has to be just so. And... Um, it, that goes not just with how the house looks or how the gifts are wrapped or how the food is prepared, but um, to how everybody's going to behave and how people are going to respond. And setting those expectations, I think, is critically important for keeping everybody safe, sane, and sober over the holidays. Well, in particular, as you're talking about setting expectations, it's, it's about having conversations. Yes. Really beginning to have some conversations with your loved ones about about um, about what your own personal expectations are and what you hope mm-hmm. for the day, the holiday season, um, and also to really take some time, maybe with a therapist or a trusted friend or a sponsor, to make sure your own expectations are are appropriate. Well, that's what I was going to say. In early sobriety, they tell you not to have ex- expectations that if you have an expectation, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And so during holiday season, when there are so many expectations amongst the world, you just get caught up in it. And it's really difficult, especially in new sobriety. I've I've often heard expectations are resentments waiting to happen. (laughs) And I, I think that comes true over and over again. I've talked with many of my patients, some of them in early recovery, some of them with more extended recovery, and one of the things that they feel or they talk about feeling like is that they have to be perfect, that sometimes this may be the first time that they're being seen in early recovery by their family or friends, and the concern is, I've got to be the perfect person in recovery. I'm having all of these feelings of pressure about the fact that people are going to know and people are going to be watching me and people are going to be uh, expecting me to do something crazy or weird or uh, relapse or get drunk or whatever. And that pressure often creates additional Dissonance within the person and actually can be a setup for a relapse. It certainly can. I mean, you hear a lot of people that 
set themselves up for a relapse during the holidays, whether they're spiritually fit and ready to actually participate. They're, they're not – it's it's not their normal way of doing it. Mm-hmm. But, and I think a lot of people just kind of have a, a, a hope that everything is going to be wonderful and they try to kind of have blackout literally and figuratively about previous holiday seasons. Um, but they go into it expecting that it's going to be perfect, as you say. And everybody has that one relative that's going to keep bringing up the embarrassing stories from the past. And right. they're being humorous and joking and it's not really realizing how embarrassing it is for the person or how triggering it is for the person. And they're going to have this other relative that wants to keep asking them how they're doing and are you taking care of yourself. And and as supportive and caring and loving as it is for the person, it's still putting this magnifying glass on you're the reason everybody's uncomfortable this Christmas. Not necessarily true, but that's what the person's experiencing. Right, and that's the response um, that internally the person with addiction is feeling that everybody's watching them all eyes are on them because there is this narcissistic part absolutely and while some of that may be true and certainly maybe your mama and your grandma are going to be eagle-eyed watching and make sure that you're okay but they would probably be doing that anyway if as good hostesses for uh, for holidays but the truth is is that probably most people either don't know, don't remember, or don't care mm-hmm. about your recovery or what you're doing or what's, what's uh, come of you and, um, and how things are going. So uh, it, it's important to step and back and realize they're that. They're really happy to see you and see that you're alive and you made it through another year and they're happy to you know, have that greeting and then they go on with it. Well, and and there's also the the family members or the people that are in your circle that have no clue about the disease of addiction right. and they still would like to see you have a drink but just keep it under control right you don't have to drink everything just have one or two drinks like a normal person and that's what they think a a person with addiction should be able to do Yes. That's what they think recovery is, that they can be able to drink normally and just not get out of control. Yes. Not understanding that the disease of addiction causes a person to not be able to drink normally. And to be out of control. The other thing is there's a lot of times that people either are brand new in recovery or Mm -hmm. they're just really in a pre-contemplative stage about getting into recovery. So active addiction is actually still a part of the picture. Um, and they're making promises that this year is going to be different or I'm only going to be or having one or two this year, making sincere promises, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as we know, it's not something they can really um, keep. Um, and so in having your expectations and expecting that these other people are going to not act out on their disease is... Um, another one of those setups. Right. So back to your idea that we have to have conversations. I think the family has to have a conversation, the immediate family, the loved ones that 
are um, part of the person's recovery support network and the person in new recovery about how they're going to act and how they're going to handle things and what's going to be the right thing for them to do or the right way to experience the holidays. And I'm thinking in terms of the big question, do you have the holiday alcohol-free? I think that's a big question for um, that a lot of people have, particularly if alcohol has been part of their thank- Thanksgiving or their uh, Christmas or their Hanukkah dinners and celebrations. What's What do you think? Alcohol-free or prepare everybody and particularly a person in recovery for handling it? I think it depends on each person's situation. Um, I think that there are certain families that alcohol is expected and would would be there no matter what, and they would pretty much say, well, then if you need alcohol-free, then you should find an, another place to <laughs> another go. Another family. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's some that where you may be the only person within the family or the immediate family that has the disease, and they truly don't have any kind of addiction, and they're just fine with it. They, you know, it's, it doesn't it's matter. either or. You know, sure, we can have it, or we don't have to. But I think that there's very much those two polar opposites. And everything in between. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've known so many people, though, that, that will have the discussion and they'll make arrangements to um, to allow people to bring alcohol with them to the house and, and have the conversation that tells them, okay, be sure to take it with you when you leave. When you leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and despite all that planning and best intentions, many of those people will end up either having a drink in secret at the event or shortly thereafter. Um, so being really open with people about how vulnerable they are in early recovery and that this is a disease that once you have a drink, you don't know how things are going to be, giving the suggestion that they set up some safe parameters where there is some alcohol-free spaces to they, where they can just breathe and know that they're okay. Well, and, and like we tell folks, you know, if, if you're going to somebody else's, like, family's house... Um, maybe you drive your own car so that you don't have to ride with a group of other people within your family and be stuck there by their mm-hmm. expectations or their schedule. Right. Having having the escape plan, I think, mm-hmm. is really important. I think the other thing that weighs in here is what is that person's dopamine releaser of choice? Um If they're an alcoholic, I think you have a higher level of concern in some ways. But if alcohol isn't your primary dopamine releaser of choice, I think many people are still under the mistaken idea that, well, my problem is with uh, marijuana or with pain pills or my problem is with stimulants. So alcohol doesn't matter. I'm okay with that. Not right. realizing that even though alcohol isn't their drug of choice, as we say, alcohol can either become their drug of choice or lead them back to their drug of choice. So it is not safe for anyone in recovery to use alcohol regardless of what 
behavior or substance brought them to the treatment. It's, it's really important to understand that they really need to not use alcohol either. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about how to have a safe, sane, and sober holiday season. Thanks for listening. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one, can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Today in studio with me are David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center. And we're talking about how to have a safe, sane, and sober holiday season. Right before the break, we were talking about um, the issue of if alcohol isn't your dopamine releaser of choice or your drug of choice, um, the fact that alcohol can still be very dangerous for that person. And um, I'm just curious as to how you all might see that. You had mentioned some behavioral addictions. <laughs> well, I think in particular, if somebody's entering treatment or recovery because they might have an issue with gambling, for example, right. and they know once they start gambling they're going to keep going until they have no more access to money and and their their brain is just going to tell them i got to keep going i got to keep right. going right any minute i'll <laughs> um, make it all back the next one's coming and they might actually believe you know that when they have a drink that they have a stop valve and they don't want to go over many many two or three drinks but what they tend to forget is that once they've had that second or third drink 
they're likely to go ahead and continue their behavior and going back to that original um, addiction. So just because alcohol isn't your thing doesn't make it a safe substance during early recovery. Right. And you, you often hear of people that, you know, the big worry was the major family party or the major get-together. And the person that, that for instance, likes stimulants or, or other drugs, not alcohol, they think, well, I'm okay to have a, a drink. So they have maybe a drink or two at the party. They do fine. They leave the party, and all of a sudden they're craving whatever it is, and that's when they relapse. Right. And they go out and find. They go out and find. They, they drive by the dealer. They text the dealer. They do whatever it is that they wouldn't maybe have done if they had remained completely sober. clean and sober. Right, because, again, as we've often said, the – action of drugs that cause or not cause drugs that are involved in the disease of addiction they take the prefrontal cortex offline for everybody not just people who have the disease of addiction but anybody who's using alcohol can have a, a, an amount sufficient that their good judgment goes out the window and they think it's fine for them to drive home or they think it's fine to go hang out somewhere that probably if they were sober they would not normally do. So it's not just the person with addiction who's at risk for bad judgment but uh, certainly the person who has been um, who has the disease of addiction. Mm-hmm. Alcohol impairs their judgment and their impulse control and their ability to think it through that maybe I don't want to go and get cocaine. Maybe I don't want to go to the strip club. Maybe I don't want to engage in some of these behaviors or use go back to my substance of choice. And, and that's where we have a big problem, I think. So alcohol needs to be avoided for anybody with the disease of addiction and certainly anybody in early recovery. Sometimes patients will say to us they don't want to go to the holiday party. They don't they don't trust it uh, either because there will be so much alcohol around and people getting intoxicated or that there are people and situations there that are going to be so stressful for them that it's going to be triggering for them to use. So back to your idea of having the discussion, David, with family members. What, what do you think about that? Should that person be forced to go with the family saying, we'll be right there beside you helping you? Or Well, I, I think that it's important to remember that if, if somebody's in early recovery, that their family members are probably two or three months away from actually getting into their own recovery <laughs> for codependency. And so family members real often think, well, they'll be fine because I'll be there to keep an eye on them or I will watch them and everything will be okay. Um, or they'll they'll tell other people that this person is on the wagon and they'll do these kind of protective things which is setting up the person in, in, in the first place to have a relapse. So I think it's real important to actually say to family members, sometimes it's okay to just skip a holiday. Mm-hmm. You know, if, it's, if the holiday party is not safe, then it's totally fine to not do that and make alternative plans. When, when I first got sober, um, my sponsor was really clear with me that I should rethink the trip home because – 
I just I wasn't ready to really deal with all the stuff that you have to deal with in a in a situation mm-hmm. such as a holiday. Not only were the drinking, but just the normal stress and triggers that family and extended family. Because there's so many family dynamics apart from the mm, alcohol. Absolutely. There's the power struggles between different relationships, and there's the different critical voices that you hear, whether they're said or not. And and so early, the the first year in particular, holiday gatherings um, are are filled with pitfalls. And and I I often look back or look at people today Mm -hmm. and think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm I'm very lucky that I was far enough away and stayed away from that whole thing for the first year because the stress that I witness is just remarkable. And the other thing, if that person is traveling, I really try and discourage the traveling because in all likelihood, if they're leaving town to go visit relatives or on the family vacation, family trip, they're leaving behind their recovery support network. Mm -hmm. So they're going somewhere where they may not know anyone or anyone who's sober, and they don't know meetings, and it's going to be really awkward to, well, i got to go to a meeting now, um, to have those discussions sometimes. So their support network is not there and easily accessible, and I think that's a a real... um, recipe potentially for a disaster because during those times of high stress and pressure, that's when you need your support network. That's when you need people around you who get it, who understand, and are not going to have their feelings hurt um, that can allow you to say what you need to say about what's going on in your life and get some feedback about how to handle it. It's but, hard to leave the family. And the, the word that we keep using today is stress. Right. And what we know is that people in early recovery feel stress, and that becomes cravings. Um, and I think of when doing the holiday travel that you have to deal with the, the airports at the busiest travel times of the year. When I mean, airports are stressful anyway. On a good day. Right. But traveling during holiday season. And then cancellations and missed flights and... You know, a two-hour layover where you thought you were only going to have 20 minutes. Or a computer glitch that leaves you stranded for three extra days at Mm -hmm. your parents' house. Or a six-hour drive in the car uh, with people that are making you a little bit nuts. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things are really difficult. And to put that into perspective and to assure the patient and their family, this isn't a forever choice, but this is a for right now important choice. Mm -hmm. So if your loved one truly does not feel like it's safe to go, then I think the idea of having this discussion and finding a way for the family to be okay. They may not agree, they may not understand, but to not put the pressure on that uh, new person in recovery to go and face things that they're not ready or able to face. And the other thing is that if you are in recovery, and it is fairly new at the holiday season, um, the other thing is that many times you'll have already established a pretty a pretty good schedule of mm-hmm. meetings and and structure. And so then when you have four holiday parties to go to and you have this and that and everything, you know, all these events that all of a sudden are getting in the way of your normal schedule, 
you're really vulnerable, right? especially if you're new, because you may not realize how much the actual going to that meeting helps you until you don't go to it. And then, you know, you talk to people all the time that they they just got off schedule. The next thing you know, it's a week, then a two week, you know, and they find themselves in a relapse, maybe not during the actual holiday, but towards, you know, Shortly after. after. The, mm-hmm. Because, uh, exactly. For all of us, part of the stress of the holiday is that our structure and our schedules are disrupted. We aren't going to bed at the same time. We may not be getting up at the same time. We're eating different foods. We're running around doing the shopping, attending the gatherings, feeling um, a lot of pressure, and that is what stress is. Stress is change, having to do something different, having to be interrupted when you're in the middle of something. That's what causes stress for your body. And even if you love the holidays and even if you enjoy everything about it, Still, your body is undergoing stress. When we look at the Holmes and Wraith life stress scale, Christmas and other holidays are certainly carry a fair amount of stress. Whether you love them or whether you hate them or whether you're neutral, it's still stress because it's causing a change to your schedule. And, Michael, as you just said, schedule and structure and accountability are critically important Mm -hmm. for helping people regulate their um, their mood, their physical feelings, and just their uh, own expectations, if you will, of what they need to be doing. It's it's really important to not get those priorities messed up. Right. So one of the suggestions that I, I really like is is to bookend all of these different events with recovery. Talk to your sponsor before going to a holiday mm-hmm. party. Talk to them again afterwards. Go to a meeting before go again afterwards so so it's you know there's a certain amount of safety when when you have a starting and end to things and when you know where you're going to be at before and after and you have that recovery there we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to take talk more about how to have a safe sane and sober holiday season please stay tuned the disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge not just for the person suffering its effects but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and Medical Director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. 
Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. This is America's Web Radio, and I'm Dr. Susan Blank here in studio with David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center. We're talking about how to have a safe, sane, and sober holiday season. Right before uh, we took the break, we were talking about some of the difficulties with travel and some of the difficulties with keeping the structure and the attention to meetings. And... um, Michael, you had a really good suggestion that you brought up during the um, during the break. Well, when I first got sober, actually, I got I got sober on during the holidays um, and went to my first meeting on Christmas Eve of of a, that year. Um, but Which has been a few years. It's ago. been a few years. Um, <laughs> the The important thing was that I I. I was able to go to all kinds of meetings. I was able to get telephone numbers. There was an Alcathon going on in Tucson, Arizona. It's a 24-hour um, meeting. So there's one meeting after another, after another, after Every another. Every hour. Every hour there's there's a meeting going on. And different home groups um, would sign up to to participate so that everything was moving. And, and you know, there were people there at 3 a.m. having mm-hmm. a meeting. Um, there, there was a place where people could could go. There was a planned sort of Christmas dinner um, that folks that didn't have family or weren't able to to meet up with their family could go and celebrate and be around other people in in sobriety. Now, when I first got there, I thought, "Oh my God, this is crazy," you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then the second holiday. Where when I was totally sober and was able to help some people, it it just made so much sense. And and I look back at this today, and I I try to help people understand that during the holiday season, AA, NA, all of the different um, support groups, many times the meetings take on a whole different feel, and. Um, you know, there used to be one at Galano Club that was a candlelight meeting, and it was so spiritual and so you just left there feeling like, oh my gosh, this you know this is the best thing in the world. I can't believe that I ever didn't have this in my life. Um, so the holidays take on a whole, you know, they can take on that new tradition, that new mm-hmm. feeling that y- you may not have been able to experience when you were drinking. And with your family so close. So one of the um, suggestions that that you often hear about is finding a way to be of service. 
you know, that kind of fits into the whole holiday mindset anyway of, of giving service. But in recovery, um, bringing somebody to a meeting or getting there and helping up s- set up one of these um, 24-hour meetings or a lot of times they'll have um, Thanksgiving and Christmas Day meals. And so either bringing things to that or serving at, at that gives you a chance not only to be safe and sober but also to have a sense that you're helping other people. Um, which lifts you out of yourself a little bit. Well, and and also when you start sponsoring people a- after you've been sober for a little while, um, if if you have a sponsee, for instance, that's that's very new and is not going to join their family for that holiday, if you offer to bring them to your holiday, and it keeps you safe and it keeps them safe, and and you start to see that type of thing a lot, and. And I, I think it's really important that, that people have that real support immediately during the holidays. I've um, found something else interesting in, in doing some reading before the show. One of the, one of the studies that I saw talked about how um, family stress at holidays can actually be more triggering than um, having a slip. And not that I'm encouraging a slip at all, but just in terms of the mindset of being prepared, that this can be a really stressful time, whether you're brand new in recovery or you have long time in recovery. Uh-huh. Because, you know, the longer you have clean, um, <coughs> the more expectations you have. The more expectations you <laughs> they, have. They, they come back. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, the, you get older, so that you have more losses in your life, and holidays are a time where you notice that the paces that are no longer a part of it or the losses that have gone on and those can be um, um, sad and triggering events and hopefully you're at a place where you're able to experience your feelings and feel your feelings and continue to move forward but you know not everybody is just because you have a long time sober means that you're emotionally ready to handle everything and so sometimes just knowing I have to take a break from it all and again getting to some meetings or just taking a nap or something to be able to pull back and and decompress right and and regroup and and have your your time for reflection and gratitude and and thinking about the important things and the priorities in your life one of the other things that often comes up and in fact just had this conversation earlier today is at the at the holidays this may be the first time that a group of loved ones uh, a group of friends a family might be coming together and understanding that one of their loved ones is in need of help and treatment and the idea is let's ambush this person and let's get them to treatment Let's do an intervention, and we're all here. Let's just do it. Let's do it right now. There's. Some I just want to jump in really, really quickly here. <laughs> that is usually during the Thanksgiving holiday because <laughs> they're trying to set things up so that Christmas isn't a disaster. Right, <laughs> and and it happens, and it happens, and unfortunately, while the intention is often very good. Having an intervention is not something that you do as a pop-up or a (laughs) let's spring it on everybody or let's just decide to do it now. An intervention on a loved one is a very serious thing and it needs to be well planned and people need to be prepared for it. Yeah, it shouldn't be just because it's convenient because everybody's going to be there anyway. 
Right. And there's there's professionals that do that exactly. to help you plan and help you set up certain things that should occur without just ambushing the person and dragging them. Right. And the important thing that needs to be done is, okay, what if they agree to go to treatment right now? You need to already have set up. How are they going to get there? Where are they going to go? Is there a bed available? Does their insurance uh, cover this treatment center? Is this going to be okay? Will the treatment center accept this person? There's all sorts of things that have to go into the planning of that. It's not just get the commitment to go to treatment and now let's start looking. No, you do it right then. So a pop-up intervention is not a good idea. You need to really have thoughtfully planned for what happens if they say they'll go, what happens if they say they won't go, who's going to be the family member that's going to sabotage it, who's going to be the, the person in the group that's going to have the most influence, and what are the things that are really important to the person with addiction that need to be brought to bear to help them be more motivated. And are you ready to back up the... Um, boundary that you set? Are you really ready to say you can't live here or we're not going to let you see the grandchildren? You have all of those things need to be worked through because it's easy to say it, but if somebody calls your bluff, you have you have to be ready to do it. So you can't put a boundary that you are not able or willing to keep. So it's a lot of thought and while yes, might be convenient, the important people are there, still it might not be the right um, time if you have not really planned it. Well, I've, I've certainly worked with a number of people who experienced a ill-planned intervention and, and the trauma it created and, and the amount of time they stayed out there that they <coughs> could have gotten into recovery sooner had it been done more appropriately. Um, years in a few cases. Mm-hmm. Right. And certainly you see a person who is a victim of one of these pop-up interventions. When they come into treatment, they're spending the majority of their time in treatment being angry and frustrated at what happened to them. And, and resentful and at, at, at the people that are there trying to help them. Right. And not doing the work that they need to do at the treatment center, which is learn about addiction and learn how to manage this disease. So really be thoughtful about that and make sure. And if you need to consult a um, professional, please consider doing that. It's worth the time and effort to do that. Well, and and even if it's not a pop-up intervention type of thing or an, a planned intervention, um, at, at Atlanta Healing Center, I'm the one that usually uh, fields the telephone calls. Right. And when a loved one calls, which is usually the way it happens, a, a loved one calls and says, hey, we have this person that is, you know, that we would like to bring to you, and do you have anything? Um, and I usually will talk them through what the expectations are, but then I'll also say, you know, is this person ready? Does this person want this, this appointment? Because... If they don't, there's no sense in us even going through the motion. And a lot of times I'll say, you know, that's good. Let's have you talk to the person and then have them call me. And then I will talk to them and we will set up the appointment for them. Or better yet, bring them 
bring them by and I'll walk them around and let them see the facility and let them get a feel for it and, and see if it's the right fit for them. Because in an outpatient setting, it has to be somewhere where they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And willing and to come back. Yes. Several times a week. Right. <laughs> in order to get what they need for recovery. So it's really important to have that planned. And uh, you might gather as a family or a group of concerned friends and talk about uh, your concerns and and then figure out how to make a plan to do it. Um, now, on the other hand, if somebody is at a place where they're ready to, to right. go into treatment or they're saying, okay, I need help, this is not the time for the the person to say well let's just wait until after christmas and right we'll just, I'll, you'll be fine i'll keep you safe and we'll do this after christmas because that is absolutely going to create a disaster right and so if somebody is at a point where they're saying they're ready um pick up the phone and call go ahead and, and go to a detox center or or well do what action. you need to do because um, maybe the best thing would be for that person to miss the holiday well and and as the person that usually answers the phone um i'm also the person that usually screws up everyone's planned schedule because i say okay bring them now if they're ready bring them right now whether i have a an appointment available or not we we do a workaround and we we get that person involved as quickly as possible when they're ready right and it is, um, it is. So he's not saying he screws up the family's schedules. He's no, he's, he's screwing, screwing up, up the our other schedules. The other staff <laughs> the members. other professionals <laughs> at the Atlanta Healing he's Center. He's on the naughty list of several of uh, the <laughs> folks who work at the Atlanta Healing Center. Real often, if somebody's getting to that point over the holiday season, they are probably at a severe point that they're going to need more than just outpatient mm-hmm. right. um, and certainly you had the opportunity to refer them to to various detox places or to um, interventionists that can help them make that happen also right um, um, because certainly outpatient is not the place where everybody starts correct. correct and it's one of the hardest places actually to get sober because we're not making that person's life easier we're adding three plus hours a day perhaps to that person's already busy schedule and they have to be able and willing and um, safe to be able to do that so it's really important that you reach out and and have an assessment let somebody take a look at them and uh, and walk you through it Mm -hmm. and decide what's going to be the best the best possible uh, location and place for this person to get what they need and um, again, over the holidays is not a bad time, and I can promise you that treatment centers and the Atlanta Healing Center were uh, alive and well and open because this is a big time for people to get into treatment. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Sane Safe and sober holidays. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. 
they can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Please join us at 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is... This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today, Michael Daly and David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center and I have been talking about having a safe, sane, and sober holiday season. One of the one of the things that's really important for our patients, and we talk a lot with patients and family members about what to do when they're in a difficult spot and what to do um, in terms of having an escape plan. I think that's a really important idea. Sometimes just knowing that you've planned ahead, that you've thought some things through, allows you to be much more comfortable and maybe not need an escape plan. That uh, even if things are not quite as smooth as you would like, just knowing that you have some choices and you have some control brings down a person's level of stress and allows them to be more comfortable with what they're doing. Very true. So it's an escape plan that, that the person in early recovery has really talked through and shared with their family members, but also one that the family members um, are aware of, um, so they're not blindsided blindsided by it and suddenly feeling like they've got to jump in and solve some sort of situation. Um, when we're talking about just holiday parties, some of the suggestions that we make is is to have your keys and know where your keys are so you can know exactly um, you can leave when it's time to leave. Um, another thing we talk about is is arriving <coughs> um, a little bit early so you can kind of get a feel for the place and get something that you're safe to have in your hand, a Coca-Cola or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you like to drink, and, and be prepared to leave a little bit early before the people begin showing their signs of intoxication. Um, because as you said earlier, whether you've got addiction or not, if you drink enough, you begin to... to show. Right, and a lot of people over the holidays will drink more than they do at any other time of the year. Yeah. And I so people that don't usually 
drink very much or drink at all will often drink at the holidays, and you'll see a lot more intoxication potentially than um, you might usually at family events or well, other parties. And and just driving, you know, people people that normally would stop at one or two drinks mm-hmm. might have three or four, and then and then think, well, I'm fine to drive, right. and end up getting a. Um, uh, stop for a DUI or or something because at holidays you have to realize that um, there's there's often roadblocks there's often things and uh, that are going on um, and Uber is something I think that has really helped that is that people have that ability where there's not cabs you know if you don't live in New York you can't just hail a cab right but with Uber now you can you can get, you a, can ride. get a ride and that's always important to if you're the host or hostess, to make sure that you've got an Uber n- number that you can help if any of your guests have been overserved <laughs> or have overserved themselves, um, that they can be safe on their way home. I had an interesting conversation with one of my patients who is going to a Christmas wedding. Um, and it is of a close family member, and there's no way that this person feels like he cannot go to the wedding. So we talked about how having an escape plan, and one is to have your keys and have your own ride or have your Uber number. But I said, talk with your wife. She may want to stay at the party, and that's okay if you're really okay with that. And he said that he was. He doesn't, he doesn't mind if she stays, but he may need to leave. I said, work with her. Talk about what is a signal that you can do or a word that you can say that means I'm, I've had enough, I've got to go, and I'm going to leave. And I'm going to leave right now, and I need you to be okay with that, and I need you to go say the goodbyes. Because if I have to go wander through this crowd and find the host and find the hostess and find the bride and tell everybody goodbye, by the time I'm at the point I feel like I need to leave, that's going to push way too far. So the idea that I'm just going to leave go to the bathroom and head right out the front um, and you make the excuses and you feel free to stay and I'm going to call the Uber and that they have this discussion and however they work it out at least they've they've made that plan that um, allows the person when they need to go to go and not have pressure about it not have to have a long discussion about it not well just a few more minutes but I'm going to go and I'm okay if you stay Please say the goodbyes, and I'll see you back at the hotel. And we're not even going to deal with the fact that somebody would add a wedding to an already stressful day. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, this is the first wedding for somebody's family. Uh, That's all I can say. Other than the fact that most places are decorated pretty beautifully, and, you know, you can take advantage of not having to spend so much for flowers and decorations, but... Uh, it I, is. <laughs> I actually um, will say to people that it's really okay to just leave and not say goodbyes. Right. Um, especially now with text message, you can just send a quick message. Hey, had to leave. We'll call you tomorrow. And the Great party. Thank you so much. Great party. Thank you so much. Um, because if you're making the circle and right. saying goodbye to everybody, suddenly you're throwing this big light on yourself. Um, and and making it all about you, and it really doesn't need to be. Right. Well, and and the thing, truthfully, is that 
how many times have you been the host and somebody has left and you've you've sat there and gone oh my gosh they didn't say goodbye to me that doesn't happen very often i mean you've got so many other things that you're thinking about that you know and hate to tell you but you're not that important (laughs) right (laughs) back to our original most people either don't remember didn't know or don't care. care and and that's unfortunately in our very narcissistic society <laughs> way truer than probably exaggerated in early recovery <laughs> most of us would like but the idea of of planning ahead maybe having a call with your sponsor i like the idea of a meeting before and a meeting after having some things that allow you to have some normalcy some structure and some focus on your recovery. You do need support for that during this time. And I think that people need to know where there is a safe space. Um, and, and what I'm thinking about in this situation is is for so many families, there's this expectation that you're going to stay with them and you're going to sleep on the floor and you're going to be in this really uncomfortable situation. And um, <clears throat> there are hotels and now there's Airbnbs all over the place that mm-hmm. You can go get your own comfortable, safe place to be able to sleep, where you can have some recovery literature, where you can um, watch some TV and, and relax and, and just wind down and go in and out of the, the family events and the holiday events where you know, I, okay, I need to go take a 10-minute nap and I'll come back. I think that's a really good good point because so many times you do have your your big book with you and and you have things that you sort of do on a nightly basis or a, a you know at the end of the day and when you're kind of at mom and dad's house and you don't know if you're getting the couch or the floor or the whatever um you, it's hard to keep a schedule of, right, of and to your, do your your stuff uh-huh. of meditation and um, and thoughtful uh, reflection that's really important for everyone but really important for people in recovery and if you are um, very sad or lonely or don't have a place the idea of being of service mm-hmm. the idea of reaching out the idea of spending some time with people in recovery it's there it's free it's available. How would most people be able to find where meetings are? What do they? What do they do? How do, how would you find a meeting if you were in a town, or if you were in your own town but didn't know what was going to be happening over the holidays? Well, the it used to be that you would call central office. You know, you would central you would, office of. of Alcoholics Anonymous or and Narcotics Anonymous, whatever it is, um, but now. With the internet, you can you can actually log on usually, and there's several um, meeting finder apps. Mm-hmm. But you can even just put into Google, um, find a meeting a meeting near me, near me. And, and and it will show you a dozen of them uh-huh. in and most that is towns. Very very important. So we are wishing you a very safe, sane, and sober week, and a sober, sane, safe holiday season. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Detailing Addiction. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Network.com. Thank you for listening. And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen.